Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Albany Law School podcast. I'm Ben Myers, the Assistant Director in Communications and Marketing here at Albany Law School. And today we are going to be speaking with visiting Assistant Professor Jaya Connors, who's our Director of the Family Violence Litigation Clinic within the Justice Center here at the Law School. And she actually just came back to us a couple years ago after spending seven years as the Deputy Director of the Office of Attorneys for Children within the Appellate Division for the Third Department here in New York. So she has a lot of really uh, interesting stuff to tell us and really stuff that really applies right now since we're all stuck at home. Um, unfortunately, we've seen an increase in family violence and domestic violence, and that's something that uh, Professor Connors has dealt with firsthand. So we're going to get to speak with her in just a second. As always, at the beginning of our podcast, just a reminder, albanylaw.edu slash coronavirus for all of our scheduling and resources, which actually Professor Connors has put together her her clinic have put together some resources for people at that address, albanylaw.edu slash coronavirus. Uh, If you're interested in learning more about Albany Law School, you can visit us virtually, albanylaw.edu slash admissions. We also have an accepted student section there if you need answers for anything. Also, you can follow us on social media, all the different major ones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Then if you also want to hear previous episodes of the Albany Law School podcast, you can find them on those social media platforms or any of the major podcast platforms. Uh, We're also on SoundCloud. And the last thing here is our schedule. Every Tuesday, we focus on academics, current events, Albany Law School services, and usually we're talking with administrators, faculty, and staff at that point. And then on Thursdays, we're more student-focused. We have our Meet the Student series, and we also talk to alumni a lot on Thursdays. But that's enough from me. Let's get over and talk to Professor Connors. back here with Professor Connors. And Professor Connors, just if you would, just take a moment to introduce yourself to everybody listening to the podcast today. Sure. I'm Jaya Connors. I'm the director of the Family Violence Litigation Clinic at Albany Law School and visiting assistant professor of law. And before we get to your work, your current work with the clinic, I actually did want to ask you about the time that you spent in the Office of Attorneys for Children. Uh, I I know that was a recent experience. Could you just kind of outline what you did there and what your responsibilities were? Sure. Um, I was the deputy director with the Office of Attorneys for Children in the Appellate Division, Third Department. And the Third Department Appellate Division covers about 28 counties. So I helped to administer the program, put together CLEs or continuing legal education programs for attorneys for children, or as they used to be called, law guardians. I spent about seven years there before coming to the law school uh, about three years ago. Yeah. And uh, since you came back to the law school, uh, I know you've been a big part of the Family Violence Litigation Clinic. If you would just take a couple minutes to kind of walk through how that clinic works and where students are in that program and how they interact with the public and uh, how they also work with victims and other professionals, if you would just give me a kind of an overview of that clinic. Sure. Um, So the clinic is, it's a structured, supervised setting where second and third year law students represent survivors of intimate partner violence, IPV, um, or domestic violence in civil legal matters and primarily on cases in family court. Uh, There is a substantive class component every week where the students learn the law 
And then they apply their knowledge and skills that they've acquired in the seminar class to the, the urgent problems that their clients are presenting to them. So beginning with trauma-informed client interviewing practices, um, they go on to client counseling, fact investigation, and um, they represent clients in court proceedings, both uh, uh, at appearances, and we've also had a few trials. Um, last semester, our, clients, um, our clinic began to represent children as well, um, children who are living in homes where there's domestic violence. So now students are advocating for both adult and child survivors um, of domestic violence um, and learning about representation of children in family court. So you could say my prior job has served me well in my current position uh, where we are now also attorneys for children. Yeah, I'd, I'd really say so. It seems like uh, that there have been a lot of accomplishments for this clinic in the past couple of years. And I think it might mean more coming from you than coming from me. If you would just kind of talk more about what our students are doing, just like that uh, one last semester. Uh, students have helped many, many survivors get orders of protection. These are protective orders that, you know, direct a batterer to stay away, stay away from their home, their place of employment, um, the children maybe. Um, they, we've helped them get custody of their children, help them get child support. Um, the students have represented clients in hearings and filed appeals. They've provided outreach to members of the public who are seeking legal information on civil legal matters. Um, they've worked with the immigration law clinic to assist immigrant survivors of domestic violence, fight against allegations of child abuse and neglect. They've helped survivors with name change, worked with transgender survivors, to help them get custody of their children. Um, they work cooperatively with the Community Development Clinic to assist survivors with housing issues um, based on you know, uh, illegal practices by, by, by landlords, by bad landlords. So they have made a real impact in this community. And it sounded like you had an assistant there. I don't know if that's a, an assistant attorney, but uh, who is the assistant we heard shaking in the background there? That is my dog, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I have three paralegals in the room with me right now. Uh, Jack is a lab mix, Yogi is a pug mix, and Boo Radley is a corgi mix, and they're all sitting around me. Boo Radley, one of my, one of my favorite characters in literature, Boo Radley. Mm -hmm. Mine too. I love that book. Um, I guess the, it kind of speaks to a little bit in kind of a, a funny way, but life has changed in the last couple weeks and months. Um, we're all at home. We're all with our dogs much more. But uh, how has that pandemic response, social distancing, working over Zoom, how has that affected clinic work over the past couple of months? Well, obviously, you know, given the fact that you can't access files you know, tactile files. I'm talking about paper files and see each other on a daily basis, which is what I was doing with the students. I mean, that's uh, that's impacted our ability to really discuss cases one-on-one -on -one to a certain extent because Zoom has been really helpful. The technology we have right now is awesome. And I say that because I, I really, I think back, if, if this was if this was 10 years ago, I don't know where we would be, right? If we had to social distance ourselves, physical distance ourselves 10 years ago, I don't know what we would have done in terms of um, working with students or our clients 
in the current environment. Zoom has helped us um, in, in many different ways. The students and I are able to communicate now on a daily basis if we have to via Zoom. We are interviewing and seeing clients, both adult and child clients via Zoom. We are representing clients before the court through Skype. And um, the students have also, during this time, put together a Q&A about resources for survivors of domestic violence. It's comprehensive and very user-friendly, and it can be found on our website. But interestingly enough, um, you know, we have continued to move forward on all our cases. We've continued to move forward with classes. And again, technology, while it is not the same as actually seeing somebody and interacting with them in person, it comes a close second. And we'll definitely have a link to the um, resources uh, in our show notes here as well. So if you're listening um, on any device or on SoundCloud, you can just look down in the show notes and we'll have a link to those resources below. And it actually kind of leads into our next thing as well. Uh, Unfortunately, there's been reporting and there's been statistics released that domestic violence is rising during the pandemic since people are at home more. Mm -hmm. And I know we can't talk about about specifics necessarily, um, but if you would, maybe since you've been working in this area a lot, could, what can people do? What are some general steps that they can take to either protect themselves or get them out of situations that uh, they might not be able to because of social distancing? Right. You know, the problem here is all those survivors are now isolated more than ever because they have to shelter in place. That doesn't mean that they have the privacy they used to have before in order to seek resources and help. You know, they may not feel safe enough in the home they are in to access assistance and sheltering in place for many of them may be as dangerous, uh, if not more dangerous than not sheltering in place. So it's a terrible situation. That said, there are resources out there for survivors. If there is an emergency situation, I would say call 911, number one, okay? If they need help, immediately call 911. The police should respond, they will respond. Additionally, the state has recently launched a confidential texting and chat line for survivors. The text is 844-997-2121, or they can visit www.opdv dot ny dot gov that's the office of prevention that's the office for prevention against domestic violence i'm sorry i would also encourage um, individuals to contact their local domestic violence programs each county has one in albany it's equinox shelters are still open they're operating differently of course due to the pandemic but they are there and they are there to assist survivors these are not easy cases to work on either not even neither of course not for the victim but also for students and yourself and attorneys working on these how have the students responded to this work both before the current pandemic and then maybe a little bit now how how have students handled working on these tough cases uh they've they've all risen to the challenge they you know every one of them has shown resilience and strength during these um, difficult times. The effect of vicarious trauma is something we discuss all the time from the beginning of the semester onwards, um, because these cases, as you said, are difficult. And sometimes, you know, there's no real answer to the issues that they have to face. 
you know, we talk about adverse childhood experiences and how, how it colors our future health and growth. Um, the students understand that although, you know, we advocate for and are often successful in our client's case, you know, there may not be a happy resolution of the case. The fact is, although we help a survivor get custody of a minor child, that batterer may still have parenting time and will use that child to manipulate the survivors as it happens so often. And the students, you know, I try to help them to understand that the best way to respond to our clients' legal needs is to provide not just a legal response, but a comprehensive response. By that, not only um, do the students um, respond to whatever legal issues presented, but they also provide referrals to other resources that that client may need, like daycare, housing, shelter, safety planning. So the students know that you know, the legal response alone is going to do just a Band-Aid job without helping the client with other issues that may make that client you know, not be able to move forward towards safety and remain safe. We do the best we can, but I think understanding that these are difficult cases, understanding that there needs to be a life outside of, uh, of, of legal work, that they need to take care of themselves, that they need to have things that they look forward to, that they enjoy, um, is an important part of being an effective lawyer and not burning out. And then just before we get to the lightning round, wanted to just... Uh go over those uh, contact information again. And again, check the show notes if you need any of this stuff. Um, resources from the clinic are on albanylaw.edu slash coronavirus. Um, the confidential texting line that was mentioned before is 844-997-2121 or opdv.ny.gov. And those are all um, resources out there. And it kind of leads me to my final question before the lightning round. Um, even though we can't meet in person on campus, uh, what kind of resources is the clinic offering during the pandemic besides those ones that we mentioned, just so it can continue to keep doing what it's doing? Well, our clinic is still open. We still are accepting calls to the clinic. Right now, you know, the student semester has ended. So at this point, um, the cases that we're, you know, maybe getting need to be referred through the front desk to me and I'll assess whether or not we can take on a case right now. We still have ongoing cases. We're continuing to work with our community partners, the courts, the DV shelters here in Albany and in other counties to work with survivors to assist them with their access to, to safety and legal relief. Um, our clinic is still open, as I said, and if, if our clinic itself cannot assist the individual who is calling, we will offer referrals to other resources that are open. One thing that's always open, though, is the Albany Law School podcast, Lightning Round. Are you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> we're going traditional in the lightning round this week, and we're going to start with what is the best off-campus place to get something to eat? Geez, that's a hard one because I like all food, right? I go to I go to different places. I like El Mariachi. I like El Loco. Great okay. food in both those places. I like the Saki Cafe, um, which is on New Scotland Avenue. And um, as an immigrant from Southeast Asia, uh, I think the best South Indian food someone can get is actually in the small little restaurant slash I wouldn't even call it a restaurant, cafe slash store called Paribar Spices on Central Avenue. 
See, that's why we have the lightning round for this kind of insider information. These places you'd never find, like diners, drive-ins, and dives won't even go to where we know the good food is in Albany. Oh yeah, you'll see you'll see many a South Indian at this place because a lot of students are there. It is it makes some of the best dosas and idlis. Perfect. District, I would say. You heard it here first. There we go. Uh, what's the best place to get a cup of coffee around campus? Well, I would say I personally like the Daily Grind on Lark Street. Um, Classic. Super good. Super good. Strong coffee. And I like strong coffee. I also, I, I do like um, Starbucks. I know. I know. It's okay. Yeah, Sometimes it's, you got to yeah, do what you got to do. I go there. Yeah, I have to admit. <laughs> Uh, last one here on the lightning round, though. Um, we're all starting, there's starting to be maybe a little bit of light on the horizon that we might get back to campus sometime soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see. Uh, but what are you looking forward to most when we do all get back to campus? That one's easy. It's my clinic family. I miss them a lot. I miss the daily bantering. I miss seeing people's faces. I miss having a cup of coffee with them. Um, yeah, you, you never realize the importance of community until it's taken away from you, right? And that's one thing that I think I'm really missing right now. It's great when I see people from the clinic on Zoom calls because it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's an experience I treasure, but I'm looking forward to seeing them again in person. And hopefully at some point I'll be able to hug them. Fantastic. Um, Professor Connors, right here at the end, you've, you, you're another lightning round survivor. So congratulations on that, first of all. Thank you. And then I also wanted to, as we do right here at the end of the podcast, is there anything that maybe you want to give people out there as advice or encouragement? Um, it could be any accepted students, young lawyers, uh, maybe somebody in the domestic violence community. Um that maybe needs a little bit of a boost, what would you say to them right now? I would say that, you know, that we are going through a difficult time, but it is during these times that we can really move mountains because that this is when our inner strength and abilities come through. Um, to the students, I would say that, you know, you have all shown your resilience, as I said earlier, and and your strength in moving through these difficult times. To survivors, I would say that there is help out there. Don't feel because you are now socially distanced that you, that you cannot get help. There is help out there. There is help out there. Um, there are resources out there. Do not think because we are all physically distancing that the shelters and the DV programs are no longer available. They are, in fact, available, and they are there to help you. Professor Connors, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.